0: Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vexed him in his sore displeasure, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare to the Lord, hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find all the archives for the podcast, devotionals. That's where you go to support this broadcast, uh, which is 100% listener-supported and cannot happen without you. That's where you go to to find all that information, www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, the world doesn't uh, cease to become stranger and stranger, and uh, it doesn't doesn't cease to become more and more like we are witnessing some things, or at least the groundwork for the things that we read about uh, as it relates to the end of days. Some interesting things uh, uh, to be looking at and to be thinking about. You know, one of the themes though that I kind of want to reiterate this week and that I've been trying to get across uh, since this all really began and that is this. Um, do not be filled with fear, but instead be filled with faith. And just because evil and wicked men and powers and principalities in high places desire to do evil does not mean that they succeed. You do not know if this is the end of the end. Um, I happen to think that this is the stage setting. This is a birth pain. This is one of the stepping stones that will lead to some of the things that we read about in the book of Revelation, like the mark of the beast. Um, There is no doubt in my mind uh, that this will uh, help Lead uh, to that situation. Um, I'm also not oblivious to the fact that it could be the it could be the final stepping stone to those things. Time will tell, but until then, God's people need to be filled with faith. Need to be praying against and standing against all this evil. And uh, I just you know I I'm imagining this is just me imagining but i i just i just have to believe that it's true that there must be millions of followers um of yeshua of jesus uh, all over the face of the earth right now who are praying who are on their faces who are on their knees asking god for grace and mercy and i just can't imagine that god could ignore those prayers um i just uh i just can't imagine that he can and that he would And so I'm hopeful that there will be some good things that come about, um, that God will respond to all these prayers and all the fasting and all the humbling. Um, What I'm expecting to see right now come out of this is a great awakening. Um, You know, not on a scale that maybe that we would like, but I think there's going to be an awakening. There's going to be a final harvest uh, before the, the complete and utter falling away. And all of these things come to pass. I believe it's the church, it's the people of God and their prayers that is restraining evil right now. Um, And the Holy Spirit within us that's restraining evil right now. And we know that scriptures say that eventually the restrainer will be removed. And uh, when the restrainer is removed, and there's much debate about who the restrainer is, but when that restrainer is removed, then uh, evil will have full... Rain, full blown takeover. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three through seven talks about this. It says, Let no one in any way deceive you. For it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And by the way, I just I just have this pulled up on the internet. This isn't the King James Version, but uh, it, it you get the idea. The, and the apostasy, by the way, is a falling away. It's not the rapture. It's not the same word that Paul uses when he talks about the catching up. Okay, If Paul meant to say rapture or catching up, he would have used tapazo. He would have used the same Greek word that he uses in the other verses in First Thessalonians. But he doesn't use that. This apostasy, regardless of what some of the prophecy teachers are trying to push to make their doctrines work... This is talking about a falling away from the faith. Okay, So he says, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Um, Do you not remember that while I was with you still with you i was telling you of these things and you know what it restrains him now so that in his time he will be revealed for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way so at some point the restrainer is going to be taken away and uh, i just happened you know i think the restrainer um it's likely the holy spirit but it could be uh it's hard to say what we do know is that at some point the restraining will be removed um and i also just can't help but believe that the prayers of the saints the prayers of the people around the world who are humbling themselves who are getting on their faces before god and fasting and humility and and repentance and praying that restrains evil it does you may think that you get on your knees and you pray and it does no good it does. The cumulative prayers of us are going up before Yehovah right now, before the throne and before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of God. and those prayers are not going to be ignored. And right now we are the only thing restraining this evil. Um, as, and uh, we're going to read a few headlines and as we, can, as we will see, they desperately want that they want the restrainer removed as well they want the church removed as well because they don't want to be restrained from doing their evil plans let's just look at a few headlines but before i before i start reading these let me reiterate once again just because evil people and powers and principalities have evil plans doesn't mean they succeed at these plans okay we must you know and it happens to me as well and it's i would be lying if i said it hasn't happened to me a few times over the weeks last few weeks where i've looked at the headlines and just kind of felt a little bit of hopelessness looking at because i know what the agenda is i know what they're trying to do i know that they're using this uh situation um to to create mass hysteria to to bring in some awful and evil plans but I have to remind myself and I'm reminding all of you that doesn't mean they succeed and we need to continue in prayer I think I've beaten that horse enough to start the show let's look at some of these headlines and, and as always we're also going to be looking at some scripture because our truth doesn't come from what the media, news media tells us our truth comes from what God says Cause be, because what God says is the real truth of the matter okay Let's start with this. Bill Gates wants to microchip people to help fight off the disease like coronavirus. Now, Bill Gates has been a pusher of this type of garbage for a very, very long time. And I keep seeing these headlines with his name in regards to forced vaccinations and and regards to microchipping people and all. And I'm just like, who made this software developer? king of the universe. Like, who does this guy think he is? And, you know, I'm reminded uh, by a proverb that I'm going to read to you here in just a second. But let me let me just tell you what the, what the article says here. He calls this, by the way, a digital certificate. They've always got some trendy word to cover up what they really mean to do. In other words, they want to put a microchip in you and track you, okay? Microsoft co-founder has, like many other famous people, been talking about the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak and what people can do to slow down the spread of disease to help fight it off. He wrote on Reddit very recently, Eventually people will have some, will have, will have some digital certificates, that's just a fancy way of saying microchips, to control diseases like coronavirus. Now, by the way, if you listen to some of my podcasts from years and years ago. Matter of fact, even if you read my devotional, I believe I bring this up in a chapter called The Mark of the Beast. I talk about how basically people will be begging for this, that they will create a situation. They will create a fear. Of course, I think in my podcast episodes, I speculate that it's an economic fear, uh, which still may be correct, and that people will be begging to line up to, to get this chip, to put an end to whatever this crisis is that they've caused. And, of course, this rhetoric is being pushed. And it should not come as a surprise to us. We know that this is the end game. This is the the end agenda. But here's what God has to say to these billionaires, these Satan worshipers who want to do all this evil. I'm going to read to you Proverbs 11. Okay? The Book of Wisdom. And let's just take it in and find hope and comfort in this because this is the reality. This is the reality for all these people with all this money and power that they think they possess as they're here on earth. Eventually, they're going to have to stand before God. And when they stand before God, all that human power, all those billions of pieces of paper they call dollars are completely worthless when you stand before the Creator. And when His wrath is poured out upon this earth... The book of Revelation talks about how the small and great alike. So it doesn't matter. Your social status, your financial status, and economic status has no value. When the wrath of the Lamb comes. It says they will cry for the rocks to fall on them. For the mountains to fall on them and hide them from the face of the Lamb. Whose wrath has come and who is able to stand. None of this power and money is going to matter. What is going to matter is what they've done, the situations that they've created, this evil that they've planned, the millions of people that have suffered as a result of their policies and their wickedness. Let's read Proverbs 11. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of the transgressor shall destroy them. Listen to this. Listen to this. Verse 4. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Let me read that verse again for all the millionaires out there who imagine and, and, and come up with these vain and awful ideas to, to roll out on the people to try to do evil for their own gain. One day, one day, judgment's coming. Verse 4 says again, riches profit not in the day of wrath. God's wrath is going to be poured out in this generation, I believe, in this lifetime. It's going to be severe. It's going to be severe. Verse 5, The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but the transgressor shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perishes. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. At the end of the show, we're going to be talking about this a lot. This idea. Let me read verse 8 again in case you missed it. The righteous is delivered out of his trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. We're going to be talking about how the wicked who who plan and plot all these evil things eventually fall into their own traps. I want you to think about the story of Esther. If you don't know the story of Esther, go read it. Um, read the book of Esther. But there's a character in there named Haman and Mordecai. And Haman, who hates the Jewish people, specifically hates Mordecai, has something set up that uh, Mordecai would be hung on. And in the end, it was Haman who was hung on his own device. Haman died by his own uh, creation that he had set up for Mordecai, who was righteous. Likewise, this is the this is the final outcome for all these wicked people in high places who plot all this evil, who dig all these pits for the righteous, who take advantage of the poor and the widow, who take advantage of God's people and oppress God's people and oppress the 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 weak and those in need. The day is coming when God's wrath is going to be poured out in this world. And they will not escape this. They will not escape this judgment. And they will fall into their own traps. We're going to talk more about that at the end of the broadcast. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. A hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that is void of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of the faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretship is sure. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retaineth riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked work a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Again, that concept. You're chasing evil, but that very thing is going to lead to your own demise. Verse 20. They that are of a froward heart, that is to say a perverse heart, are an abomination to the Lord. But such are the upright in their way, are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. See, it says, although uh, hand join in hand, though they, though they conspire together, you know, though they they come together in a multitude to create these evil, it, they're not going to escape the wrath of God. Is what this is saying. Verse twenty-two, as a jewel of gold and a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth, and there is that which withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall water also himself. He that withholdeth corn the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good, procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him, Again let's read that again He that seeketh mischief it shall come on to him It's all gonna come back, it's all gonna blow back on these people. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be a servant to the wise heart. Here verse twenty nine saying, He that troubleth his own house. I wonder if you could you could also say, he that troubleth his own nation. He that troubleth his own people. It's that same idea. He's going to reap the wind. He's going to inherit the wind. It's all coming back, friends. This is the point I'm trying to get across. All these evil plans, all this wickedness that they're trying to roll out, this is all going to come back on their own heads. It's all going to come back on their own heads. And this isn't me prophesying. This isn't me making empty promises. This is what God's word teaches through and through. We're going to look at more verses like this here in a few. Two more verses, or three more, yeah, two more verses, and then we'll move on to the rest of the headlines for this morning. Verse 30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more than the wicked and the sinner. The righteous are going to be rewarded. For their righteousness for their kindness for their mercy the wicked are going to reap all that they have sown it's all coming back on them it's all gonna blow back according to the Word of God it's all coming this is the expectation our expectation is the Messiah will come and that we will rule and reign with him for all eternity the expectation for the wicked is the lake of fire and the scriptures say that their burning will go up before the Lord forever. Next headline. Here we go. Apple and Google joining forces to track people's movements in order to contain the epidemic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. This is, a, this is all about containing the epidemic. It's all about control, folks. Now they want to track your movements. And see, this is what they do is they have these crises come out. They create hysteria. And fear within the people and then they can roll out all this stuff that's just completely unconstitutional, completely illegal, completely evil but they roll it out and the people gobble it up. The masses gobble it up and beg for it. This is the part that probably saddens me the most. It probably causes me the most frustration as I've as I'm looking on Facebook and I see people begging to remain under uh, house arrest. I'm not going to call it quarantine because quarantine is what you do with sick people. House arrest is when you force, uh, you know, the other 95% of the population who's healthy, not at risk and, and, uh, not infected with disease. When you force them to stay home, that's called house arrest. Actually, we could use even stronger terms. I mean, if you think about you, you're being told when you can go, where you can go, how often you can go, if you can go. Um, in some places, even curfews are being rolled out. Um, when you're telling churches they can't gather or congregate in any way, shape, or form, uh, to me, that's that's even further than house arrest. I mean, that's if I were to tell you, if we were to go back six months and I were to describe the what's being enforced, you would probably say that sounds like martial law. And, you know, that's not what they're calling it. They're calling it, Being quarantined, but uh, that's not the proper way to use that term. Um, But this is what they do it's a word game. And what I'm seeing on social media is people begging, people begging because of the fear that's being pushed by the media, people begging to remain on house arrest. And I just find that to be a tragedy. I find that to be sad because it just shows me how easily manipulated not only the American people are. But people all over the face of the earth. I mean, it, this is this is not, and this is the other troubling thing. It's not like this is happening in one nation. It's not like this is just the United States of America. It appears to be happening on a mass scale, which is why I say they've got some evil plans. They they want to roll out some really evil things, um, but that doesn't mean they're going to succeed. And a lot of times, and we've seen this in the past when the powers to be come against the church when they come against god when they come against truth what happens is the thing they're trying to oppress aka the word of god the people of god uh, it ends up spreading like wildfire and i'm going to show you that uh, here in just a second but yes apple and google they want to do this um, to me that what that sounds like is i that means if i need to go to Uh, your local box store online and just order a cheap little uh, bar style phone to to take with me whenever I leave the house because you I'm not going to carry a tracking you're not going to track and to determine if I've come within 100 feet of somebody who allegedly has a virus and then you're going to force to quarantine me in my own house I mean that's what they want to do what they want to do is if some they if somebody is diagnosed, and I use that in quotations, and you came within a certain amount of feet of them at some point when you went to the grocery store, now they can send you a message and say you're on a 14-day quarantine. This is what they want to do. This, this is what they want to roll out. Pope Francis, he says it's time to consider, consider a universal basic wage. Of course, of course. The last thing I want to talk about, and it's this article here, it says, and it goes into what I just said, when you try to oppress the word of God, when you try to oppress the people of God, what happens is it spreads like wildfire. That's what happens. This is something that people need to, to, know, need to understand. Let's stop thinking about the virus for just five seconds and let's just think about the situation. Again, let's say we go back three months and I were to say to you, I've seen the future and in three months... The police will be harassing people who try to go to church. Pastors will be getting arrested. Christians will be getting fined. Governors will be sending the police to write down license plates of churchgoers. They won't even let people congregate at the church facility in their cars and do kind of an in-car service. And if you try, they're being harassed, they're being fined and they're being arrested you would be very very alarmed wouldn't you you would find that very troubling i don't care what they say the reasoning is this is unprecedented in the united states of america and you, we we should be very disturbed by this let me read this article from the most important news.com it says have you noticed how much delight they are taking in shutting down churches all over the united states i'm just going to read the article for you it says, did you think that you would ever see the day when police in America would be patrolling church parking lots on Sunday morning in order to keep people away? And did you think that you would ever see a day when Christians would be threatened with having their license plates recorded if they did a chin church? By the way, I just have to note this. I've seen the comments on social media of the masses who on articles where it says so-and-so pastor says they're going to still hold church service regardless of what the government is saying, which is their right to do according to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I see the comments of, good, let them all get it and die, and and just the evil in the comments is just unbelievable. The support for churchgoers to be harassed or get a virus and die is unfathomable how wicked men and men are men and women are but this is not a new thing by the way this has been the world's attitude towards christians and towards those who would follow god since the beginning the reason is is because you are a light shining light on a bunch of cockroaches and they don't like your light they don't like your salt and so to them this is this is wonderful they love this Let me continue reading the paragraph here. That is what the Democratic governor of the state of Kentucky just did. He is getting a lot of national backlash over the move. When shelter-in-place orders were first instituted all over the nation, most of them seemed quite reasonable, and we assumed that our leaders would use common sense in enforcing them. But in recent days, it has become clear that in many areas of the country, churches and other Christian gatherings are specifically being singled out. And in some cases, authorities have seemed to take quite a bit of glee in cracking down on Christians. This sort of tyranny was never part of the bargain, and believers all over America are rightly pushing back against it. Every American should be deeply alarmed by the precedent that is being set right now. If our churches can be shut down any time a quote-unquote emergency comes along, and if the bar for declaring an emergency just keeps getting lower and lower, it creates a potential for a whole lot of abuse by tyrants, both big and small, in the days ahead. I couldn't agree with that line more. This is what this is all about. This is, about. this is about programming you to be okay with this. This is about programming you to be okay with at any moment in your life. Powers can say, nope, you have to stay home. You can't go to church. And if you do, the police are going to be in the church parking lots to harass you. Meanwhile, three or four hundred people are walking into Walmart, no big deal. But if, you know, a hundred of you want to gather and and try to social distance within a large building to worship God, we're not going to have that. Let me continue reading the article. Some of the things that we have seen happen over the last several days have been alarming to the extreme. Here are some few examples. Kentucky. In Kentucky, Governor Andy announced Friday that anyone who goes to a mass gathering, including religious services, may have their license plate recorded. That information will be used to identify the attendees who the local health officials will contact and require a self-quarantine for 14 days. That's tyranny, folks. There's no other way to slice that. I don't care how afraid you are of a virus that kills less people than the flu. If the government tells you you can't go worship, that's tyranny. Kentucky, I'm a Martinville Baptist church which continues to hold in-person services despite order cease. This morning, piles of nails have been scattered at every entrance. Okay, so now they're scattering nails all over the parking lots. In Illinois, the Illinois State Police are warning that people who attend church services on Easter Sunday, this was last weekend, may face charges including reckless conduct. The police said that they will not be storming churches that violate the governor's Stay at home order, but that charges could come down the line. In California, a federal judge denied San Diego's church request to hold an Easter service, even with social distancing measures included, possibly requiring members to wear hazmat suits. In Mississippi, but in Mississippi, not even driving church is being allowed. This is ridiculous. And what will likely be seen by most American Christians as an example of severe legal overreach and breach of rights against a community clearly enacting health measures recommended by the CDC of social distancing. Your rights are suspended, the police officer days ago told a local pastor who planned to hold a modified drive-up service. Uh, By the way, the police cannot suspend your rights. Again, illegal. But here's the sad thing and and many of you who are listening to the sound of my voice are drinking the Kool-Aid and you agree with all of this uh, the church shouldn't be allowed to gather blah 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 I'm sorry I'm just not on page with that I'm not on board with that not now not ever um I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on this This is opportunistic this is taking a situation Uh, magnifying it so that you can push your agendas this is what's happening people i'm not arguing i'm not going to argue whether or not the virus is real or whether or not it's harmful or any of that that's not the argument i'm trying to make i'm trying to argue that it's being over um, exaggerated and that they're using this as an opportunity to roll out evil things it's just like you know there was a situation you know when 9-11 happened as an example now, uh, for 20 years, almost now, uh, you can't go to the airport without being molested. And they've kind of created a situation where, you know, now that when you go to the airport, you're going to go through security and you're going to be treated like a piece of garbage. Um, you're gonna be treated like a criminal before you get on the plane. And that's just the way it is. Um, likewise, moving forward, moving forward, um, we're going to see them continue to, you know, I, here's, here's what I foresee them doing and, and I'm hope that I'm wrong, but I could foresee them letting us get back to some form of normacy over the summer. And then before fall gets here, bring another scare. And then at that point, the people will be able, will be willing to submit to whatever wickedness they want to roll out in order to not be, to not have to do this again that we've been doing, um, since late February or early March, um, that's what I foresee them doing. Uh, you know that they'll they're going to use this fear. They're going to keep rolling out this fear. They're going to keep pushing headlines, even if things start to get back to some form of normalcy, and things will never get back to the normal we knew before this. But if they start to get back to some form of normalcy, uh, they'll be rolling out these scares all the time there'll be little areas where they isolate and do force quarantined and 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 this is the future that they want to roll out here's what they don't realize especially when it comes to trying to stop the church whenever you oppress the faith it spreads like wildfire you you just make the, it's like you, it's like you're out there. It's like you have a little kindled fire gun, but then you start waving a big board, you know, a piece of cardboard at it. And suddenly the fire takes off and it starts to spread, right? It's like there's, you've got a bonfire going and you're spreading it. You're, you're blowing wind on it and, and it's getting hotter and hotter. But the grass around everywhere is dry and that fire is jumping now and it's catching the grass and it's taking off and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's what they create when they try to oppress the church when they try to oppress the people of god here's what they did not probably anticipate is that digital worship would take off churches who have went online and are doing digital worship are finding that thousands droves of thousands of people are coming these are not people who are members of their church it's people who are searching for hope in a time of darkness and you force the church to go online. These idiots should have let the church continue to gather in buildings where they were docile, where they could continue to be lukewarm and, and not have any worries or fears. And then Christianity wouldn't uh, have t- have started to, to be reignited in this country. But what they did, like the idiots they are, and like they've done throughout history, is they try to squash it and oppress it, and it just takes off like wildfire. And that's what's happening on a digital scale. Uh, This article here says, Digital Worship May Create America's Next Great Spiritual Awakening. Like everyone else across America, the church I pastor in South California, Harvest Christian Fellowship, had to go exclusively online services four weeks ago. Scrambling to to respond to the abrupt change in circumstances, we were pleasantly surprised when on the first Sunday of quarantine, we realized our online attendance exceeded 250,000. But then it just continued to grow. Last week, we had over a million people tune in for church. These are people literally from all around the world, from every age and background who are missing church. So the best of our ability, we are bringing church to them. What's more, hundreds of thousands of them are people whom marketers would refer to as target demographic between the ages of 18 and 34. Since the shutdown started, our millennial viewership is up 235% this is good news friends this is the thing that god these are the kind of things that god does you see what they plan for evil god means for good god is using this as an opportunity to strip the world away from his people and to create a fire to create an awakening i believe maybe even a final harvest there's another article that says 21 percent of non-christian sick coronavirus pandemic has led them to start reading the bible do you see the good that god is doing so we started the show off with all the evil that they're planning right what they want to do what they're trying to do to the church and what is happening is is it's blowing up in their face what's going to happen is people are going to be more uh resistant the more they can, they can find the people the more uh, the people are going to get fed up with it the more people are going to wake up to it the more they try to oppress the church the more people are going to be interested in, in the church the more people are going to, to say you know what, I'm stuck at home I might as well read the Bible I might as well tune into this church service that's online it's been a long time since I've been to church it's been a long time since I heard some preaching this is a very scary time maybe I should take a listen this is what's happening around the world You see they dug this ditch for us they dug this pit for us but what's about to happen is they're going to fall into their own pit it's going to backfire and all the riches you know and eventually what's going to happen after i think the great this next great harvest is that the final end will come and then all the riches all the evil plans None of that's going to matter in the face of the wrath of God. No one can resist his wrath. This is a spiritual war that we're in, friends. I had a few other things planned, but I have rambled so much today. Let me just read to you some Proverbs, just a few lines, to remind you that though they plan to do evil... That doesn't mean they will succeed, and in many cases, it's that very thing that they've created, that very situation they're trying to take advantage of, that will cause them to receive that own, their own evil upon their own heads. Proverbs twenty six twenty seven says this: "Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him." Proverbs twenty eight ten. Whoso causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in their possession. Esther, remember I told you about Esther, chapter 7, verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. That's a prophetic passage right there. The evil are going to be hanged. The wicked are going to be hanged on their own gallows that they've prepared for us. When the king's wrath comes. When the wrath of the lamb comes. Psalm chapter 7 verse 15 says this. He made a pit and digged it. and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head. And his violent dealing shall come down upon his own pate. Psalms 9, chapter or chapter 9, verse 15 says, The heathen are sunk down into a pit that they have made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. Over and over the scriptures are talking about how they lay these traps for the righteous, but then they get caught up in their own trap, because that's the way God deals with this. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor, Let them be taken into the devices they have imagined. Psalm 57, verse 6. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. Into the mist, whereof they are fallen themselves. Ecclesiastes, last one chapter 10 verse 8 he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it and whosoever breaketh the hedge a serpent shall bite him be encouraged friends things are bleak I understand I understand they got some evil plans but over and over God promises that they are going to fall into those traps themselves And the more they try to oppress the church, the more the church will flourish and grow. And at the end of the day, that's what's really important. And when I talk about church, I'm not talking about a specific building. I'm pointing out the people of God around the world who are going online and searching for truth. Well, I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that my rambling today is been of some benefit to you. Um, You know, I I honestly don't like to do these kind of podcasts where I'm talking about headlines and I'm talking about these kind of things. I prefer that we just study the Word of God. Um, But occasionally I just feel like there's just a need for somebody to say some of these things. And uh, it's not popular things, you know. Anytime I do this, I get backlash. I lose Patreon subscribers. I lose podcast subscribers, I get, uh, nasty comments and, and opinions and emails and all these things. Uh, but my hope this morning, the the real message I'm trying to get across is yes, they plan evil. Yes. They want to do these. You're right. You know, people email me, don't you see, they want to do this. They're going to do this. Yes, I do. I see that. I see what they're trying to do. I do. I've seen it from the beginning. In fact, I've seen it for years. And I've talked about it for years. But until I'm no longer on this earth, I'm going to resist the evil. And I'm going to resist through the Word of God, which is my sword. I'm going to resist through faith. I'm going to resist through prayer and humility before God and walking in His ways. I'm hoping and believing that the masses of God's people who are praying right now are restraining the evil. And when God's ready for the restrainer to be removed, whatever that be, he'll remove it. But until then, we should not live in defeat. We should not be cowering in the corner of our house with our thumb in our mouth in the fetal position in fear and distress We might have moments like that, but we need to quickly snap out of it and realize that God is the one in control. He's the real decision maker. Though they plan evil, he decides whether or not their evil comes to pass. If you're being blessed by this podcast, you want to support it, go to scriptureandprophecy.com. That's 100% listener supported. Uh, Please consider becoming a patron subscriber. And you can support this mission of truth. Also, the devotional book is available both paperback and ebook. And so, if you're curious about the end of days, uh, but you want to digest it very slowly, very easily, they're very, very short chapters. It's a 30 day devotional. It literally takes five minutes to read each devotional. I mean, they're very short, uh, but it gives you some truth and some understanding about the times that we're going into while also pointing you to Messiah. And so you can pick that up by going to scriptureandprophecy.com slash book. That's all I have for you today, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.